You pressed play on this podcast with the click of curiosity. It is another dimension, a dimension of mind, a dimension where nothing is sacred and everything is explainable. You're streaming into a land of both inside and outside of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the midside. Welcome to the Midside, where we only watch the Oscars if they feature Eastern European presidents. I, I don't even know what the fuck I just said. I mean, you want to talk about farce. We, our culture just since COVID has gone off a cliff. But I'm your host, Justin M. Lesneski, the hopeful bromantic, and I retroactively and proactively denounce anything anyone has ever said and ever will say on this show. I'm going to bring in my co-host, joining me this trip from Dale's Lawn, identifying as a woman to forgo his white male gay privilege, William Green. Hello, hello. Yeah, what a wonderful week we've had. It's been super busy for me. Uh, I leave Tuesday to go up to sunny Santa Rosa, and a uh, week from Wednesday we'll be opening the new store. So um, good luck. Uh, uh, my mic quality may go- drop significantly the next couple weeks on the show, so I apologize in advance. Um, oh, you're there for a couple weeks? Yeah, for a couple weeks. It's going to be exciting. Uh, first week is kind of training and then, uh, you know, we'll have, uh, sort of a, uh, VIP day where people will come in. So kind of a shakedown event, um, where we give out free food to some, uh, VIPs, friends and family that of the staff, that sort of thing. And then, yeah, Wednesday's a big day, 10 AM doors open, line out the door. That's the plan. So for, for the listeners who are uninitiated, situate Santa Rosa in relation to San Francisco and Los Angeles. Sure. So uh, if you're in San Francisco, uh, you know, the first thing you're going to do is panic and try to get out as fast as you can. And one <laughs> way to do that is to go north over the over the various bridges and stay on the 101. And then about an hour later, uh, you will pass by Santa Rosa, California. There you go. And it's also due west of the state capital, Sacramento. Yes, exactly. So from here, I have to basically drive up the I-5 for a very long time. Oh, you're driving. Yeah, instead of turning right to go to Sacramento, you turn left to uh, uh, skirt through uh, Oakland and then up into into that area. Well, that's an adventure all its own. That's probably its own separate podcast. (laughs) Well, I've got my friend here. He's been uh, helping. uh, He's been training here in the store down here to help with the opening. And uh, he's going to come up with me. So I have, a, I have a driving buddy. It was it was oh, just good. by myself. I would fly. Um, there's actually a convenient flight on Alaska Air that goes from LAX to the Santa Rosa Air- Airport. But uh, with two people, it's worth having the car, especially for opening, you know, because there's going to be various things that need to be done. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting. Anything yeah, else sure you would like to note? Anything else you'd like to note to the audience before we move on? Oh, I think that's it. That's a lot. That's a lot. So we look forward to hearing about that over the next two weeks. I look forward to learning about um, how the homeless problems there compared to the homeless problems in your store in Long Beach. So, Oh, man. I hope it's a stark contrast. I do as well. I do as well. But I would imagine they're starting to migrate north from San Francisco. So, Like migratory we, birds. Like migratory birds who head uh, north to Seattle because that's where, I don't know if you've ever been to Seattle, 
for anyone out there who lives in Seattle or has been to Seattle, there is a lot of drug-infused homeless people in Seattle. All right, we got a lot of bunch of different stuff to talk about on today's episode, kind of all over with the culture, but a lot of interesting things to talk about. Let's do it in Life on the Midside. As always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so through Patreon or Locals. Patreon is per episode. Locals is per month. That's the midside.com slash Patreon and the midside.com slash Locals. And not on the outline here, William, but wasn't there some controversy with Dave Rubin this week or something? Oh, man, maybe. I wasn't Uh. really paying attention. I know a lot of people got... uh, some Twitch streamers got uh, banned off Twitch. Uh, one of the uh, political Twitch streamers got banned off Twitch, but I, I didn't see any Dave Rubin stuff. Now I'm curious. Uh, okay, I, I thought I saw it, but I'm barely on social media, so stuff comes across my screen, and I'm just like, eh, whatever. So yeah, the big story for me it. was uh, Destiny, who's a uh, Twitch streamer, uh, political uh, uh, center left um, political streamer, one of the old school Twitch streamers. Um, yeah, banned permanently, and uh, Twitch. Uh, doesn't really tell you why. So, yeah, just gone. Thanos snapped, gone. Sounds about right. Sounds about <laughs> right. And we'll talk about Deshaun Watson in a second when we're talking about people trying to Thanos snap people. But first, I want to talk about a couple of stuff I experienced personally or I interacted with personally. So I have a clip here I want you to play from the Adam and Dr. Adam Kroll and Dr. Drew podcast, which really, really stuck out to me because I think this is really insightful from Adam Carolla and I've seen it in the classroom and I think it actually applies to our life in general. And when we talk about our culture and how successful it's been, I think this is a result of how successful it's been. And I also think it's something one that leads into narcissism. So in it, Adam Kroll is talking about motivation and he's basically talking about the two types of motivation people have. And he's saying one certain type of motivation is much rarer and more difficult to internalize and use. So go ahead and play that clip. Everyone's got some edible, you know, some some pod edible they're eating. Everyone's got a 60 inch TV. They're all hooked up with Hulu and Netflix or whatever. They got air conditioning. Zero gravity. And there's like, what is the what is the motivation? What is the motivation? Well, now you're relying on the person having a, a, a virtuous motivation. You know, like it's not motivated by this place. It's it's motivated by a more spiritual thing or what is my potential? What is my potential as a human being? Well, that's going to be a much smaller group. I find this so fascinating, William, for, for two reasons. One, because I think he has perfectly nailed the post pandemic culture in America. This idea that everyone saw that if they just sit home On an immediate level, it looks like life is going to be the same. Their comfort is still going to be there, right? When he's talking about pot edibles and and Netflix and 60-inch TVs, our society is so successful that everybody has access to the internet. Everybody has immediate entertainment. And everyone was getting food delivered directly to their house, especially when the stimulus checks kept coming. So 
one thing he continued to talk about on the show was the idea that back in the day when you wanted these things, you had to work hard. You had to work hard to get in a level of comfort. And he was even talking about, you know, in the 70s and the 60s. But I think if you situate America in the history of the world, like I say to my students all the time, you guys are lucky. You're getting up at seven in the morning and you're going to school and you're just sitting here. Pre-industrial revolution, everyone had to work in the fields for survival. Now we're just talking about levels of comfort. But then the second thing that's really interesting to me and really stands out here is almost how Aristotelian his discussion of virtue is. The idea that what he says is spiritual is not a religious selfless approach to spirit. It's completely my life can be better if I realize my potential and I work towards it. And that is my motivation because to me, that is the ultimate quote unquote comfort, or that is the ultimate joy in life. And it, it's so interesting to me that he picked this out. And I think it's so wise because it, I think it shows so much of the flaws in America. When you have that more narcissistic approach, all you're worried about is comfort. You're not worried about becoming better all the time. Yeah. Let's integrate that with, uh, a story I told at the beginning of the pandemic, um, when the lockdown started, um, I, I, I told the story on the on the show. I'm sure uh, I had a Slack discussion with someone at work uh, in a uh, you know rather large thread, and I was like, you know, hey, you know, something about I was using this chance to focus on things that I wouldn't otherwise be able to focus on, and hopefully come out better on the other side of this, despite the isolation and general hardship of the lockdowns and uh, I was chastised for that. Uh, so the cultural winds push you towards that comfort, right? Well, yeah, I think, I think there are, are even deeper elements at play here and it, it depends on how much of a quote unquote conspiracy theorist you want to be. The cultural winds. I mean, doesn't Netflix want you to sit there and stream constantly? Doesn't yeah, YouTube want, want that? you to doesn't watch Disney videos? Plus? Yeah. Video after video after video. Yeah. Right. And don't these delivery services want to have you constantly be ordering food? Every and, meal and maybe some snacks. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I made fun of this in the first episode of the season where I talked about midside minus, right? Everyone's got their subscription service now. Everyone, even Walmart Plus, right? It used to be, and maybe I'm naive here, and this is just I've imagined, I've idealized the past, I've romanticized the past. But didn't it used to be, William, that you offered a value, you offered, you know, even if it's a service, you're saying, here's my value. You didn't try to create a customer base that was dependent upon your company. It was, oh, here's a choice. I, I, and I feel like back in the day it was, oh, you know, McDonald's is a nice thing we go to every once in a while. It's a treat. But now it's they, they want you always on the app getting rewards and getting deals and, and eating there all the time. Yeah. And this is where I'm saying I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist and, you know, maybe some of the more objectivist capitalist audience may think I'm rejecting capitalism or rejecting objectivism. I'm not, I'm saying these companies are not value based either that they're not trying to create value in the world. I'm saying they're running things from a more second-handed perspective, which leads to this. Well, Everyone I think, is I think it's based a, on comfort. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a, uh, two, there's two sides of, of a coin here because it takes, in order for the companies to be successful with that, you have to have that in the culture to begin with, right? There has to, and both, uh, feed on each other, meaning 
you have to have folks who look at those services and have a relationship with those services that has that unhealthy, not quite addiction, but that sort of yes. addictive quality, right? Like, yes. yeah, I use DoorDash and Uber Eats and all those apps, the grocery de- delivery stuff. I use that, but those things are because I'm, I'm the value there is that saves me time to do the other things that actually make me money or make me happier. You know, going to the grocery store every week doesn't necessarily make me happy. Right. It's, and, and, and it's not something like, you know, like Adam Crowley uses the example all the time of washing the car, right? You should wash the car yourself occasionally. Uh, you know, cause there's, there's, there's work or there's value in that from a work standpoint in a moral standpoint, sort of, but you know, going to the grocery store is just something, you know, I could do without. I'm going to push back on you a little bit here because I do enjoy going to Sam's club. And what I mean by that <laughs> to each is, their own. well, it's the work you're talking about. I think there is a level of work yeah. that goes into it of, I am making the conscious physical choice to put this food in my cart and then pay for it. Now I will say this, William, I am one step away from the delivery and the pickup that you're saying, because I Sam's club has a scan and go app where I don't have to wait in line or anything. I just scan it myself and then pay oh, for it on my app. So I don't so have nice. to wait in line. Right. And it's, it's awesome. It's, it's honestly, it's one of the major reasons I love Sam's club. Like the amount of, I don't have to get in line and worry about the time suck on that. Right. Is, is awesome. So I'm one step away from it. It's just, I think there's something very distant. And we've talked about this with digital stuff when you are doing everything digitally, there's a level of mediation there where you're not interacting with reality I hate the word qua as reality, right? You're having somebody interact with reality for you and you're not understanding, right? When we talk about the supply chain, right? You're not understanding even the, the effort it takes. We've added a step to the supply chain, basically, William, the last mile, Mm -hmm. right? Where they take it off the shelf, put it in the cart and bring it out to your car. That was the last step of the supply chain. We were doing that ourselves. Now, we can have people bring it right to our door or right to our car. And I don't necessarily like that because I don't know. Am I the only person who looks at boxes and things? And like when I, I know I want steaks, I'm going to go and look at all of the packages of steaks that are there and decide what's the best from all of them. Am I, is that just like me being autistic or what? No, I do the same thing. If I buy meat at the grocery store, that's what I do. Of course, I also... I use butcher box and I get fancy meat uh, delivered to me as well. Well, there you go. And now there's also a difference of where you live, right? If I still lived in California, I probably would be doing what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. You can't get beef in California. That's worth a damn. Well, that, and do you really want to go out in public in California? Well, that's true. (laughs) I mean, as it is, I go to Sam's club and there on Sunday, like I'll go at like 10 when it opens to get a hot dog. There are people lined up to get in at 10 on a random Sunday. I'm like, what's what's going on at Sam's Club? It's, I just I just don't understand it anymore. Yeah, the but, Costco, the Costco over uh, by me is uh, near um, uh, the Chipotle that I'll go to occasionally. And it's the same thing, man. Just like so yeah. many people there. Like I've, I've been in that Costco before and it's like you said, time suck checking out. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Costco is insane in California. 
But that's all part of this comfort thing, right? That's all part of this motivation thing. In a way, those people are actually motivated to get up and stand in line and everything. So those aren't even the worst of the worst. It's kind of crazy. Before we move on to the next thing I want to talk about, uh, Blitzace97 in the Discord said that Dave Rubin and his husband are having kids via surrogacy and conservatives were upset about it. So his base tends to be conservative. He was doing something you know, with the quote-unquote homosexual lifestyle. So, of course, there's controversy, right? Those damn gays. That's why I give up my gay privilege, so I have to deal with that drama. Yeah. All right, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was something that happened down the street for me. So, you know, I bought this, uh, my wife and I bought this townhouse recently, and we're in this community. And down the, about a quarter of a mile down the street from us, uh, there was a fire. So I pull into my community one day and the street's blocked. So I have to go to a different street and go around to get, get to my place. But when I pull in, I notice there are four fire trucks and I'm like, what's going on? So, you know, I drive a little close to see, and then later, you know, after I park, I get my wife to walk down the street with me to, to see what's going on. And the garage door had been busted open and things were burnt inside the garage. Now, there's two levels to this that I kind of wanted to talk about, and it, it connects to the last story. Uh, the first is, this is, you know, these are all pretty similar units, right? We're talking two floors, 1,800 square feet, three bedrooms, right? And these people are using the garages as storage, they're using the garages as storage. And I'm not just talking about storage. I'm talking about like pack rat storage. And it's something mm. I just don't understand. It, it It's just why would you spend the money on living in a nice place? And especially a place where there's no street parking here, William. You're not supposed to park your car on the street. There's room for maybe two cars in the driveway and then a third car in the garage. And it just, it blows my mind that people are using the garage in this way. And it's not a surprise there would be a fire. And this is what we were just talking about with the comfort thing and the the being removed from reality. We've protected things so well that people don't expect that, oh, if I put a bunch of junk in a small space together, that it's going to catch on fire. So that when it happens, it's like people are surprised by it. This is something that could have easily been avoided to me, William. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm just picturing that, like, at least in my neighborhood, I, you know, people use their garage because, like you said, California parking can be quite uh, interesting, right? Uh, but the pack rat mentality and just using, it seems like a incredible waste. Like, storage is cheap, right? Especially in Florida. Right. That's what I don't get. Right. First of all, if that much storage is that important to you, get a different place, get a different place. Second of all, it's like you said, you know how many storage units there are everywhere in Florida? It just it it doesn't make sense to me at all. I'm looking for I took a couple pictures. I'm looking for those. I'm going to throw them in the discord Discord right now. Yeah, here we go. So you can see the fire trucks and then I'm showing you where they busted in. So I just oh I just put it in the show prep channel. My bad, everyone. Let Not me throw it in the general channel. Um, 
Yeah, and you could see where, you know, the fire trucks, and then you could see where they busted in, and you could see all the stuff inside of it. And then in a second, I'm going to say something about the stuff that's inside of it. Oh, it's it's too big, so I'm just going to put that one. Okay, this is... I hate when Discord's like, hey, these pictures are too big. And you have to send them in separate goes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Post them one at a okay. time. Did you see them in the uh, show prep? I saw them in the show prep, yep. Yeah. So did you see what I'm talking about? That like You could see like a couch in there and everything? Yeah. Oh, I, it almost looked like a car seat at first. I had to zoom in. Yeah. Well, imagine when I'm driving by. like, And you can tell they just busted the thing open, right? The fireman. Yeah, yeah. They used the axe or something, right? Yeah, and if you look above, you can see in the in the wide one with the fire trucks. If you look above, you can see that the screens were busted out upstairs because the uh, the that's where the people got out. Because the way these are designed is the the stove and the kitchen are right behind the garage. I just I just don't understand it. Like the garage is made for cars. Why are you not putting your car in the garage? Why do you have to keep this stuff? Because here's the thing. When I drove by the next day, I got a better view at this. You know what's in there, William? And it was clearly burnt in the fire. What's that? A shopping cart. <laughs> a shopping cart. A now, Publix one you... or, or Home Depot? Like, what are we talking here? I mean, it was too badly burnt to know. <laughs> we'll have to forensically investigate. Well, I will say this, that outside the gate to my complex one day was a Walmart shopping cart that somebody just left right there. Now, the Walmart's two miles down the road. Are you aware, William, of the shopping cart theory of life that goes around on the Internet? No. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. It's the idea that you can judge your value as a person by how you understand your responsibilities as a member of society by... What you do with shopping carts when you're done with them in the parking lot? Do you just leave them wherever you want in the parking lot? Or do you return them to the cart return? Because it takes minimal effort. It yeah. takes minimal effort. And if you I return usually them to return the... multiple carts to the cart return because I live in California and people just leave carts all over the place. Oh, that's everywhere now. That's, I, I would like to pretend that that's just California. But that is everywhere now. If it is not convenient for them, if it is not comfortable for them they will just leave shopping carts everywhere they will just leave shopping carts wherever they want because they don't want to bring it they don't want to put in the little extra effort so that's that's everywhere and it's it's there's always been people who've been that way like i used to push carts at walmart i used to do it without the machine uh when i was younger so like part of how i would train for wrestling is go out there and just get all the carts and see how many i could get and it was the the uh I hate this because it makes me sound like I'm 80, but the from the far end of the parking lot to the store was uphill. That sounds like such bullshit, doesn't it, William? Well, it was uphill both ways. Right. <laughs> uphill both ways. But it was uphill, so I would get a whole row. I'm talking like 20 to 30 carts, and I would put them together, and then I would just push them up the hill, and that was my way of like training. Because I was, you know, that's a good workout. That's a good leg workout, right? So there were always people who would leave it at the uh, opposite end of the parking lot. But you, nobody brings them back to the cart return now. But I think it's an extra level to not only bring it to where you live, 
Right. I, I I don't understand that. Have you ever seen that before? People, William, who take like a Walmart shopping cart or a Target shopping cart off property as if it doesn't belong to Walmart or Target? Uh, yes, because I did live, live in Baltimore for eight and a half years. And the uh, Safeway, they had the, uh, you know, the, the sensors or whatever that would lock the wheel. Right. Mm-hmm. But that didn't matter. People would still push it in the carts into the neighborhood because it would only lock one wheel. So, you know, you can just kind of tip the cart just enough so that it's on the three wheels and then people would just drag it around the neighborhood. So yeah. isn't that isn't that ridiculous that people don't have a, a concept of ownership that that's provided as a convenience for you when you're in the store? Yeah, you'd, you'd see them in Patterson Park. It was crazy. There's all the Safeway carts just like chilling. Yeah, and I would see that in Anaheim when the Target was literally like a quarter of a mile down the street from my apartment complex. And at least then I was like, well, it's a quarter of a mile. It's still wrong. Now it's two miles and people are doing it. And then what's the extra level that you keep it and keep it in your garage where you're being a pack rat? I guess to carry all that. I mean, in order to pack that garage, you have to have some sort of convenient thing. I mean, what are you going to use? A wheelbarrow? That's true. That's probably what they were doing with it was just carting all the stuff around that they found places. I don't know. Do you, do you get that the, why this bothers me? And do you, do you get why I think it's insane? Yes, I definitely get why this is insane. Well, I don't get why people are doing it, but I do get why this is insane. It's, uh, I mean, completely preventable and insane. What, the fire, you mean? Yeah, the fire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, well, the fire was preventable. And that's the thing that I think um, people don't realize is they see these consequences and we come up with all these other things we need to do to fix the consequences. Oh, well, you know, we need to build buildings better so they don't catch fires. We need to build more fire-resistant stuff. What if we just took behaviors that were less comfort-facing and more realizing of self-potential-facing? Wouldn't that improve a lot of these issues? Yeah, I think I think I think it would. But what do you think? How do you think people would react, though? Well, they I mean, people are doing what they're doing now. They <laughs> they just find a way around it and to make it lazier. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, this is what I said. This is, you know, you said the uh, the companies are are providing this and it's a cycle. Well, that's the narcissism cycle as well. Right. The more yeah. your comfort is provided for and it feels like everything's there for you, the more narcissistic you become and the more you expect this type of thing. Yeah, and it's I think a vicious feedback re- loop. The opposite of what I try to uh, try to instill everywhere. You know, I try to have a positive feedback loop, but this one is a, a uh, vicious one. Right. It's a very vicious one. And I think that's why it's expanding beyond California with the narcissism. Okay, the next thing I wanted to talk about was something I teased earlier, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is, of course, the former Clemson quarterback who uh, played for the Texans and was recently traded to the Browns. He was traded to the Browns for a couple reasons. One, he said he didn't want to play for the Texans anymore. And two, he was accused of 22 counts of sexual assault, rape, whatever you want to say, whatever terminology you want to use. Now, William, before I go into what has recently happened, what was your perception of all this before all the recent news? Well, I wasn't following the story too closely. I had, uh, because there was an earlier grand jury that dismissed it, 
dismissed, I guess, similar charges, but I wasn't following the story too closely. And then when this dismissal happened, um, it was, uh, there were a lot of hot takes. I'll just say that on Twitter. And, uh, it's, uh, it definitely is part of cancel culture to take a grand jury, not pressing charges and somehow turn that into, well, he could still be guilty, but Hey, that's the world we live in. Right. Right, and that's that's what we're going to get into in a second. But the, the the details here are as follows, and I don't want to excuse Deshaun Watson for the behavior he is participating in. So, part of this comfort culture, part of this narcissism cultivating culture, is people will go on Instagram to find people to hook up with, essentially. And what he was doing was he was finding masseuses and it's very clear that he was having some sort of sexual relations with them. Now, the accusations are he would force themselves on them or he would do things that were considered harassment that made them uncomfortable. Uh, I don't quite believe that. I think he was just finding women he thought would be amenable to either being paid or women he thought would, you know, just swoon over him because of his celebrity status. Now, William, I want to be clear that just as I was saying with the other digital behaviors, I think this behavior, before we even get into the court cases and everything, I think this behavior of you're a professional athlete, you're, you know, a first round draft pick, right? You're a national championship college quarterback. I think this behavior is beneath someone like him. And I think it's endangering himself, endangering someone like him. And what's going on now is sort of him paying the piper for behavior he shouldn't have been participating in. Would you call that fair? Uh, yeah. I mean, there definitely is an aspect of you, you reap what you sow here. Yeah. Um, I think the flip side of that, though, which I'm sure you're going to get into, is just because a behavior is morally reprehensible and unhealthy for you and unhealthy for others and cruel to others, mean to others, all those things, that doesn't mean it's illegal. Yeah, no, this this behavior I don't think is illegal, nor do I think it should be illegal. Yeah. You know, obviously, I want to be clear, rape should be illegal. But I'm talking about <laughs> soliciting women on Instagram and even paying women on Instagram for sex, if that's what he's doing. And I assume that's part of what he was doing, right? I, I think that should be legal. Does it make it moral? Does it make it virtuous behavior? Is that how he can best fulfill his potential? I don't believe so. So that's why it would be wrong at that point. But there's different from the legality of it. And there's different from, hey, he's doing this thing that's not moral. That means he did this other thing that's incredibly not moral. And that's what I'm talking about, where you said uh, a grand jury had dismissed the 22 counts against him. And what I mean by that is they didn't even indict him. They said, we're not even going to send this to trial. And then another grand jury in a different county in Brazoria County in Texas had a similar thing. And here's what the DA, Tom Selleck, you heard that right. Can you imagine being that guy? (laughs) Nice. Does he have, I mean, you have to have the mustache, right? You can't have that (laughs) name and not have the mustache. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Can you Google him and see if there's a picture of him, William? That'd be hilarious. Uh, 
After a careful and thorough review of the facts and evidence documenting the reports prepared by the Brazoria County Sheriff's Office and the Houston Police Department, as well as hearing testimony from witnesses, the grand jury for Brazoria County has declined to charge Deshaun Watson with any crimes. Accordingly, this matter is now closed. And that's the key thing here. Declined to charge. So we're not even talking about declaring him guilty or innocent. They didn't even move to charge him with the crime to say it was even worth trying it and saying whether he is innocent or guilty. They're just saying based upon the presumption of innocent until proven guilty, it's obvious he can't be proven guilty or it's obvious he's innocent. Right now, what's been interesting is what you said, the responses here. And I think the responses are a result of cancel culture. I think the uh, responses are a result of social justice. And it really makes me think back to, any number of scandals, including Deflategate. So here Hashtag was the response. believe all women. And that's what the problem is, and that's what we're going to get into in a second here. It, there was a reply to the the tweet from Ian Rappaport, who had that quote, an NFL reporter, that I found particularly interesting. It's from a, a Twitter user, at nihilism is dumb. Let's be clear. This that means that the grand jury decided it would be too difficult of a case to prosecute. They did not find Deshaun Watson to be innocent or anything of the sort. It's your duty as a reporter to provide that clarifying information. First of all, the fact that this person is saying the reporter has a duty to say that he could still be guilty is absolutely ridiculous. This reporter's job is not to talk about the guilt or innocence of anyone in the league. It's to report what is going on with that person's legal or contractual or on the field troubles agree or disagree william completely agree but that's part of this social justice thing which goes into the first part this idea that they did not find him innocent or anything of the sort they didn't find him innocent but they said there was no way to prove him guilty and if there was no way to prove him guilty and we work under innocent until proven guilty then we have to presume he's innocent, right? Yeah, the guilt I mean, charge is completely arbitrary then, right? Right. Well, it's and all, that's the thing. It's all hearsay. You have to you have to treat it as such, right? Right. And that's the thing is these people are coming from guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. It was the same thing happened with the Flakegate where people said when there's smoke there's fire. Right? They said the same thing with the Flakegate. Remember that when there's smoke there's fire. But nobody ever asked who lit the fire. Who lit the fire? The person who lit the fire is the the person who came in here, Busby, the lawyer, who came in here and gathered all the women to try and get money out of Deshaun Watson. He's the one who lit the fire. That's where the smoke is. And I think this is something that I didn't take into account enough with Deflategate. And maybe I did. Maybe you could go back and play the tapes. People could tell me I did and make me feel better about myself. But this idea of if you shape the public perception it doesn't matter what the reality of it is, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe this goes back to the comfort thing. It's well, comforting. We saw, we, to saw just the, ex- we saw it with Kyle right. Rittenhouse, right? Right. It's the same exact thing. Same exact thing. Maybe it's comforting to just accept that messaging that you hear over and over again, rather than think critically and figure out what's actually going on. I mean, maybe that's it. That it, 
it's easier, it's comforting to be told, oh, this is what's wrong with the world, especially when you can just put yourself in the victim category. And part of what they're doing now, and this is probably what it really is, William, the comforting thing is just accept what we're saying and you can feel morally superior to someone like Deshaun Watson or Tom Brady, as we saw in Deflategate, or as you said, Kyle Rittenhouse, people who are doing difficult things, people who are putting themselves in difficult situations. Well, uh, this just in, Tom Selleck is actually my dad. Uh, he looks exactly like my dad if my dad was to ever take off his bibbed overalls and wear a suit. My dad's no beard's mustache. a little longer. Yeah, but uh, yeah, mustache beard. I posted in the general channel, so you can check it out. Let me take a look. Discord. It, it, it's, oh, he has a mustache. He has a full yeah, beard. Yeah, he has a mustache and a beard. Yeah, full beard. Uh, my, my dad's beard's much longer, but uh, yeah, this could be uh, my dad's doppelganger. Man, Tom Selleck should meet Tom Selleck and have it with your dad, too. Does yeah. your dad ever play Santa Claus in the winter? Uh, he he would dress up as Santa Claus for us uh, growing up. Yeah, kids will sometimes uh, kids will uh, will kind of give him a funny look during Christmas time if he has his beard grown out. I would grow up my beard every Christmas. <laughs> All right, so that, you know, that stuck out to me. The reason, William, I have to care about this is, obviously, I went to Clemson. I have a Deshaun Watson Clemson jersey, so I need to be able to arm myself in the situation that somebody says something to me in public. So that's why I, I know so much about it. But this this routinely happens in our culture. You talked about it with Kyle Rittenhouse. It's important to arm yourself by not jumping to conclusions. I mean, look at, wouldn't the same thing happen with J.K. Rowling if we just let whatever people say about J.K. Rowling be what we accepted? Wouldn't oh, yeah. we have to hate her as well? Yeah, you would. If you, uh, And it's there's so much uh, fake news, disinformation around J.K. Rowling. Like they're, There's a complete straw man that they have built. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, if you don't know the, the background of the story, you'll be like, wait, what? Well, right. And that's the information war. That's the information war where people are playing on this idea that people will accept the first thing they hear. I mean, it's yeah, it, it's COVID, man. People are still wearing masks. I don't oh, know how bad is it in California. There are not many people wearing masks here, but there are still some. How bad is it in California? There are still some people wearing masks. Uh, it's uh, I would say on the high side, it's probably 25 percent. It definitely depends on the neighborhood. Um, I, w I would say as an example today in the grocery store, I didn't see anyone wearing a mask. Uh, but I did see a bunch of people wearing a mask, uh, in Long Beach when I was last in Long Beach at various places, like the hardware store. I was in the hardware store. There was a bunch of people wearing a mask. Yeah. And that's because these people have accepted what they originally heard that this was a deadly plague that was going to kill everyone and that a mask will do anything right okay well let's talk about one last thing and this is related in the sense that it's just the way the media portrays stories and i saw this headline and the headline intrigues me it intrigued me because it's so contradictory in what it's talking about and that, that this was the angle they decided to go with, especially when I read the article, I was like, that's the angle you decided to go with. Right. So the, the headline here is I want a beer. 
paralyzed man communicates first words in months using brain implant, using brain implant. Think about that for a second. A paralyzed man communicated for the first time in months using a brain implant. And then it says, a completely paralyzed man who was left unable to communicate for months after losing the ability to even move his eyes has used a brain implant to ask his caregivers for a beer. This article also mentions other things he asked for. Uh, He wanted to listen to the band Tool Loud, which says a lot. Uh, He wanted a head massage from his mother. He ordered curry all through the power of thought. So basically what's going on here is... He, this is person is someone who's called a locked in patient because he has a neurodegenerative disease uh, that basically he can't move at all. Think of uh, Stephen Hawking. If Stephen yeah, Hawking couldn't move muscles. at all, yep. Any voluntary right. muscles, right? Now this guy also asked for other things. Uh, apparently, he asked to, and here's a quote at the end of the article. They have a quote here, right, or near the end of the article. That says, I love my cool son because he wanted to interact with his four-year-old son and wife. William, I think this is like a major technological advance, right? I mean, think of the, the applications of this technology beyond paralyzed people, right? This is the beginning of something huge. Yet... Yeah, this is, this is what Neuralink people- is trying to do. Uh, one of Elon's companies and a bunch of other people are trying to do this. This is this is a, a tremendous human achievement. Right. And they chose the tre- headline, I want a beer. Right. That's what you want to forward in this. This You don't want to talk about, you know, paralyzed man interacts with four-year-old son for the first time in months. Right. Or major scientific advancement allows paralyzed man to communicate. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't that be how you would want to make this article? Wouldn't that want to be the angle you take with this article? But instead, we're focusing in on beer and yeah, how much of curry. It, I, I, I don't know if this, maybe I'm making a leap here, but how much of this is, this is a dude. And so a dude asking for beer is sort of the uh, anti-male way of presenting this. Oh, making it's a, sort of the Homer Simpson. It's sort of, well, yeah, make yeah. It, it's sort of a Homer Simpson thing, right? Well, first right. thing I you mean, want is a beer, right? Now, but that's the other thing. There is no progression to tell me what the first thing this guy asked for was. Did he ask to listen to Tool first? Did he ask for curry first? Did he ask for a head massage from his mother? Did he ask to see his son and wife? What did he ask for first? We don't know. But what would this headline lead you to believe he asked for first? It'll, it'll lead you to believe the beer. Yeah. Right. Now, I would like to believe that even an alcoholic wouldn't ask for beer first, but maybe it is anti-male, but isn't it also possibly this is how we find things to be relatable to people? <laughs> oh, he asked for a beer. To me, this is part of the culture of alcoholism. The fact that this is how they would present the article. And to me, it's a perfect example of why we're, we're slowing our progress here. Why we're slowing our progress in a way that things have gone. It's an example of a way things have gotten worse in the last 10 to 15 years. There wouldn't be headlines like this before. Or yeah. again, am I just idealizing the past? Uh, I don't know. But let's turn this terrible headline to something a little more fun. 
Justin, you're uh, you're you're paralyzed, much like this guy. They hook up the brain implant. What's the first thing you ask for? Oh, I doubt really it's tough. tool, right? No, tool it's not tool. Volume. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it would probably be for them to stop doing something that was annoying me. Because I probably would have been, they probably probably would have, because you know, I'm hypervigilant, right? And just because you're paralyzed, hypervigilance doesn't go away, right? Oh man, there's like some beeping or some light or some like the plants in the wrong spot. Something has just been driving you nuts for like weeks. That's what I'm saying. It's like, could you, could you just turn the, uh, the, the volume on the heart monitor down like five clicks? Like it would be something ridiculous like that. (laughs) They'd be like, we finally got through to him. And it's like, I haven't been able to sleep in weeks because the heart monitor is too loud. Or like the bed got tilted up. Like somebody accidentally sat, sat on the, uh, you know how those the hospital beds have the buttons? The and pillow somebody, has a lump and you're just like, I just need this lump moved. Well, what do you have to say? You're sitting on the bed remote. <laughs> Or it's like they're only leaving on, like, keeping up with the Kardashians. It's like, can you please change it from the E channel? It, w- it would be something like that. What about you? What would be the first thing you would ask for? Well, I have sympathy for the uh, playing the music thing. You know, I, 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 you know, I would, my first impression would be maybe, you know, hey, let's put on Sticks and Stones or something. Yeah. But, uh. 20 years. But 20 years I, of Sticks and Stones. Uh, yeah. But, um. I think probably it would, uh, you know, sitting there for weeks and knowing that this was happening, I probably would have been thinking over and over again, and I'm not a comedian by far, by some to find something funny to say. Yeah. Because that's just my personality, so. But do you even know, like, were they telling him? Were they like, hey, man, we're working on this thing that hopefully we can read your thoughts? Were they telling him that? Or is it one know. day, like... <laughs> one day he wheel him away and he's like, oh, no, this is the end. And then it, like, wakes back up and it's like... Now there's this computer hooked up to you. Right, as I'm saying, the computer's hooked up to him, and he's, like, thinking about masturbating, and that's the first thing that, like, they see. And he's like, God damn it, nobody told me you were going to read my brains. Or, like, the nurse walks in, and he has a crush on the nurse, and he's, like, he's thinking something inappropriate, and they're like, okay, take it away from him. He's canceled. (laughs) This guy's a regular Deshaun Watson over here. Yeah, you know there's some troll that would just drop the N-bomb or something. <laughs> that's the thing. I think that's assuming, like, they're saying it was one. <laughs> that's actually really funny, Chris, right? They were saying it was one character per minute, right? So you're just, like, thinking you're like, N, I. <laughs> and they're, they're like, he wants to watch Nickelodeon? <laughs> I'm trying to think of what other words start N-I-G. He 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 wants to go to the country of Niger, and then he keeps going. They're like, "Turn it off! Turn it off! Turn it off!" You could actually do a really funny sketch with this. All right, bad comedy aside, you ready to talk about some art? Let's do it. It's time for the whole for romantic with JML. As always, if you'd like to continue the conversation with us during the week, you can do so by joining our Discord channel 
we've got a couple people live listening to the show right now, and someone said that they think that the random thought was kind of what they were doing with the headline. It was uh, some humor is what they were doing with the headline there when talking about the beer. But what does everybody think they're running Mad Magazine now? Like, why does, why does Yahoo News or the guardian or whatever this was, why do they need humorous headlines, especially for such a serious, important technological development? Anyway, I I like Justin that you still think that those, that the, that the humorous headlines, I mean, can you tell the difference? We've proven over and over again that we're unable to tell the difference between the humorous headlines and the real headlines. So that's true. That's true. Which is part of the, part of the, part of the reason I thought it was serious. Right. So maybe this is a joke and I thought it was woke. But you know what? Daniel's not here to help me discern those. Guide us through, yeah. Anyway, like I was saying, you can go to midside.com or midside.com slash podcast, click on any episode link, and in the episode post, there is a link to join our Discord. Had some more people join this week. Want to see you join. Want to talk to you. This week, I'm going to review Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile is the second Hercule Poirot movie directed by Kenneth Branagh. Hercule Poirot, of course, is the fictional detective created by Agatha Christie, who was the protagonist in a series of murder mysteries. Uh, The name of the first one that was adapted is Escaping Me. So, William, if you could look that up right now and remind me. Uh, This one has a great cast. Right, It's got Gal Gadot. It's got Army Hammer among the stars in it and if you've read the book you know what it's about right there's a couple that gets married they have their honeymoon around egypt they run into hercule perot and they invite him on a tour of the nile with them because they're trying to escape uh the groom's crazy stalker ex and who's also friends with the bride and the bride ends up dead so they try to figure out who did it and people end up dying. More people end up dying. I don't have a lot to say about this movie. If you know what a Kenneth Branagh movie is, you know what this movie is. It's slow. It's smart. It's still entertaining. Uh, Thematically, you know, it takes from the Agatha Christie book with commentary on love, life, that kind of stuff. Uh, The biggest problem with this movie is... You can tell they spent all the money on the cast because there are several times when the green screen CGI budget just looks terrible. It's obviously very, very fake. There's one shot in particular where they're at the hotel after the wedding and the crazy stalker X is walking up the stairs and there's supposed to be like the horizon behind her. But you can tell it was just so obviously green screened. It just looks awful and things like that take you out of the movie. But, again, as I always say, with a lot of these movies, I still had a a decent time watching it. I enjoyed it. It wasn't one of these movies where I was like, I hate this. I want to get out of the theater. In fact, I may have enjoyed it more than The Batman. I know those might have been fighting words. And actually, I will pause here and ask you, William, did you see the deleted scene from The Batman with the Joker? No, I haven't. Oh, you should watch that. It's five minutes. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was terrible. But, anyway... Uh, I'll give this movie just a middle-of-the-road bro rating. If you want to see it, see it. If you don't want to see it, don't see it. If you see it, you're going to enjoy it. If you you don't see it, you're going to probably enjoy yourself doing something else. 
Um, I might not have seen it if something else was released besides the Lost City last weekend. That's the thing to remember is there, you know, there wasn't a lot uh, to see last weekend. And if you're playing along, I think you were referring to 2017's Murder on the Orient Express. That's it. Murder yep. on the Orient Express oh, is and, the uh, one. Let's say it's just confirmed in the in the Discord as well. I figured he was going to say it. He Okay, he's telling people to see X. X is the horror movie set on the uh, shooting of a porn movie. Uh, it's an A24 movie. Uh, I will never advocate oh, seeing an A24 movie. I can't do it. I even, I've gotten to the point where in trailer takedown, which we're about to do in a second, I am not even putting A24 trailers in anymore. The only one that looks mildly interesting is the one we did a few weeks ago with the, uh, the multiverse, but I'm sure they'll even find a way to fuck that up. I just, I just, I just can't do it. I can't promote A24 movies. And he, it says he's typing. I'm sure he's going to tell me something about how, oh, it's different from other A24 movies. That's what I hear about every A24 movie. And then I see it, William, and you know what I think? Exactly the same as every other A24 movie. Right. I shouldn't have seen that A24 movie. But let's talk about some other movies that are about to come out. Uh, I post the trailers in Discord, the aforementioned Discord, usually on Saturday sometime. That's so you can... Watch them whenever you want. You can watch them before the episode. You can watch them after the episode, or you can alternate. Watch a trailer. We talk about it. Watch a trailer. We talk about it. Trailer takedown. First trailer. The Pentaverit. I don't. I'm not sure how to say it. Pentaverit. 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 That's it. The Pentaverit stars Mike Myers and Mike Myers. It is a series, and I usually don't like to put series in here, but I found this kind of interesting because of the premise. This idea that there's a secret society of five people who control everything that goes on in the world. I don't know what else, what much else happens in this show. I just know that it's Mike Myers playing a bunch of characters similar to Austin Powers. And I think that's kind of the rub here with this show. I think for today's day and age, this is an incredibly interesting premise. Is there a group of elites controlling everything and manipulating everything? I'm glad somebody's doing a show about that. I'm glad somebody's doing a story about that. However, I was never a big fan of the Austin Powers stuff and all the -the over-the-top characters Michael Myers plays. I know he was beloved for that, so I think that's kind of the rub. But for me, I don't know. It's tough because I don't want to get stuck into having to pick one of these four, but most of these trailers were pretty in the middle for me. And I think for this one, I'm just going to, I'm going to tackle it. Tackle? Yeah, that's a good reaction. <laughs> hey. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I've got an interesting bar for comedies, but uh, much like you, I was uh, looking down the rest of these. And uh, this is the only one that I could tolerate, at least giving it a try. So I'm very, very lightly. Netflix and Hug. Second trailer. Where the Crawdads Sing is a drama based on a novel. Now, I don't know if the novel is called that, but what I appreciate is that there was an attempt at demonstrating the theme in the trailer where they talked about, they showed where the name, there was a quote that the, I'm assuming the main character narrated, which I assume is going to be voiceover in the trailer about, where the title where the crawdads sing comes from and it's about survival and about how every creature does what it needs to to survive 
And this story is about a young woman doing what she needs to do to survive in the South. I like that they're portraying a lifestyle that, and a a segment of the country that's not often portrayed. And I also like that they're not trying to go completely naturalistic with this. The, The shooting of it seemed, you know, brighter and like they were trying to be more positive. And I appreciated that. It's just that I think this movie is, aimed more at a female demographic. And I just, this just doesn't interest me, even though I think there's a lot that should be commended about this movie, right? Not the least of which is, Hey, let's adapt a book that isn't one of these mainstream comic book franchises. It's just, somebody thought this was a good book and interesting story, but again, it just doesn't, just doesn't do anything for me. Tackle. Dude, exactly the same reaction. I was like, there's no, I can't really find any fault in the trailer. I think the trailer does a great job of communicating what this movie is going to be. It's just not for me, which is totally fine. I know some uh, reviewer got canceled for saying that uh, in a review lately, Uh, but we're uncancelable because we disavow everything we say and never will say. So uh, I too, again, nothing Nothing. I can't really say anything negative about the trailer. The movie looks promising. It's just not a theme or a story that really interests me. So, yeah, I'm going to tackle. Tackle. Third trailer. The Survivor is an HBO Max original movie based on a real-life story of a man who survived Auschwitz and went on to be a professional boxer. It's unclear how skilled of a boxer he is. It's unclear if the reason he survived in Auschwitz was because he offered to fight for the amusement of the guards. I don't know how true of a story it is. I've never heard that before. Uh, There seems to be elements of he continues to fight so he can be with the woman he loves or find the woman he loves. Uh, it's shot in black and white, and I don't know if they're going for the whole Schindler's List thing with it being in black and white. It it looks like it could be naturalistic, and that's the thing about a movie like this is, I think stories like these are important. I think stories about the Holocaust, about Auschwitz are important. I think portraying the reality of it, I think romanticizing the reality of it is important. I just don't know where they're going with this. And my concern is that I start watching this and it's the rare movie that I get so upset at that I stop watching. But I do think this is made with a high enough quality that I'm willing to give it a chance. So this is a HBO Max and hug. Netflix and hug. Uh, without uh, not trying to be culturally insensitive, uh, this just seems... It- could be just so heavy uh, watching it i'm just like i'd rather watch rocky is that bad eh, no i had that thought <laughs> tackle 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 final trailer future future sorry i'm having trouble pronouncing the trailer names today future days is a time travel movie And I say that because I'm not really sure what's going on in this time travel movie. I think the guy goes to the future to see what happens with a girl he's interested in, who, uh, by the way, is Alex, Ben's daughter on Lost. So that was kind of cool to see her in another movie, especially a sci-fi movie. And then things start to go crazy. 
I thought, William, that this trailer got worse the longer it went on. Like, it was at the beginning. (laughs) What? If it had stopped at, like, maybe 40 seconds, it would have happened. Yeah, exactly. Where it was like, oh, this is what you want to do, and this is how we do it, and blah, blah. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is great. But then as it went on, it got boring. And it got more naturalistic. And I was like, this is exactly what I'm afraid of with a time travel movie. Just that second half of the trailer, it looked like there would be no point to watching the movie and it wouldn't really be about time travel. Now, again, you don't want a movie that's about time travel mechanics, but you want a purpose for there to be time travel in the movie beyond just like, oh, we need an excuse for him to get in this situation. If you need an excuse, just have magical realism and just have crazy shit happen and just ignore it. You don't need to invent a whole mechanic in order to get him into the future. So based upon this trailer slowly and slowly degrading the longer it went on, I have to tackle it. Tackle. Uh, I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. Seriously. Uh, This. uh, Man, someone should just edit just the beginning and then trick me into watching this. No, no, no. (laughs) No, no, no. Tackle. Tackle. Someone should get me to time travel back to... Time travel to the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then pretend like I didn't watch this full trailer and just give me a teaser with just the beginning. And I'd, then I'd be like, yeah, hug. I will watch almost anything with time travel. I will watch almost anything, but not this. All right, William, what did we learn this trip? Uh, I learned that we can time travel to the future and then... Uh, the future is all naturalistic. Justin, what did you learn this trip? I learned that I need to come up with something to think if I'm ever fully paralyzed and my brain is hooked up to a computer. Now, I probably should not have put that into the universe because that's bad energy to put out there, but it was worth (laughs) it for the joke. So I disavow anything and everything I've ever said and ever will say on this show. All right. I want to thank you all for listening. Without you, it's just me talking in the corner of a closet like a crazy person. I mean, it's still that, but you make me feel a little bit better about myself, especially when I'm recording this late at night. If you want to support the show, you can do so by going to midside.com slash store, the midside.com slash cut the cut and pick up my book, or you can do Patreon or locals as mentioned at the top of the show. And as always, the best way, William, to promote the show is to do what? Tell a friend. Tell a friend. This concludes your journey into the midside. I'm Justin Emosneski reminding you that if things get tough, take a step back and witness the farce. We're two members of the Pentaveret. Now the secret's out. Man, if I really was two members of the Pentaver, <laughs> do you think I'd be wasting my time with this podcast? <laughs> We'd have more than five listeners by now. Yeah, that's true. Do you, you also love how I said if I was more We're than the two, two members? members? Yeah, how many personalities yeah, I, you got in there? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>